everybody, Sunny here. Before we get to the show, I just want to remind you all where you can listen to my podcast, Casa Grande Chats. I'm on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more streaming platforms. I'm even on YouTube. With YouTube, you can just search for Casa Grande Chats and every episode of my show is up there on YouTube. Then I want to remind you all about my Patreon page. So go over to patreon.com slash Casa Grande Chats. It's a great way to support my show. There are three tiers you can sign up for. The Ryan tier, which is $1, the Sid tier, which is $5, and the Familiar tier is $10. So go over there to patreon.com and support my show today. Now on to the show. And welcome to Casa Grande Chats, a podcast dedicated to Nickelodeon's the Casa Grandes and the Loud House Universe. And I'm your host, Sunny. And welcome to episode 22 of Casa Grande Chats. And as I'm recording this, yesterday was the fourth anniversary of the Loud House. So happy anniversary to the show that's really helped me during these times and really made me a better and a great a better person. And you know, that helped me get through with doing fan art and of course this podcast and stuff. So yes, again, happy anniversary to the Loud house and also it's a very special episode of my show because i have a returning guest on my show today you probably know him over on twitter it's ryan w mead welcome back to my podcast ryan uh, there ain't no one named brian here <laughs> i'm flip's cousin forrester in all reality uh it's great to be back um and thank you so much i also too want to extend a happy uh fourth anniversary to uh the loud house because it's also you know done a lot of great things not just for you know the animation community and nickelodeon as a network in general but for myself as well i you know it's really rekindled my interest in like animation and comic strips and trying to figure out how they work and write and draw stories of my own and i also got to meet a lot of great people through it and sunny is one of them uh for those who don't know me my name's ryan i'm your basic jack of all trades master of none i have varying interest which i talk about on social media like twitter and instagram mostly animation but really anything goes just like sunny herself whatever comes to mind but um i i'm kind of dabble around different things in various fan communities including the loud house uh i was the co-host of a loud house themed podcast which sadly is no longer running so nowadays i just share my knowledge in various communities whenever i'm asked to which includes guest starring on podcasts like this one and i'm really honored that i was asked to be back yeah, I'm really, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, I'm really glad to have, back, have you back on, Ryan, because the last time I had you on was last year when the Casa Grandes was just coming out. And since we knew that the Loud House and the Casa Grandes were returning in April, I was like, well, you know, I wanted to have a guest on again. And I've had a few, few, a few guests come on recently. But I was like, you know, I have had Ryan back on the show. So I thought about you coming on again. So I'm really honored that he decided to come on again. Oh, thank you. It's it's always an honor. I love it when my friends, you know, reach out to me and ask me to c- collaborate with them because I'm always honored to. 
Alright, so we're going to talk about a lot today because we have a lot of news to cover and of course a lot of new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grandes. Sadly, no folks, we are not talking about the early UK releases of this week because we had the official releases of a bomb this week. I'll be talking about the UK releases when they officially come out in the United States in May. I, I have it here when they're supposed to premiere, but we'll talk about that in news. So with that being said, let's get into some Casa News! Hey, it's me, Ronnie Ann. If you like the louds, come meet my family. My mom, my brother, abuelo, abuela, tío Carlos, tía Frida, my cousins Carlota, CJ, Carl, and Carlitos, and our pet Sergio and Lalo. We are the Casa Grandes. Okay, so the first news item for this week is that there are brand new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grande's premiering in May. So we'll start off with the first set of episodes, which is actually the episodes that premiered in the UK early. So most of you have probably seen them, but for those of you who haven't seen them and tried to avoid spoilers, these episodes will be coming out. Let me look, let me look at the schedule here. Uh, so these episodes will be coming out on the week of the 11th, which are Sister Act, House Flip, Don't, Don't You Forget About Me, Tough and Tough Cookies, which is from the 11th to the 14th. Uh, Ryan, have you seen these episodes? Did you watch the UK releases yet or no? Did you avoid them? No, I haven't. I'm waiting until they air in the US, but I've heard a lot of good things about them and uh, Sonny's obviously seen them. But um, from what I hear, this is a very good week of premieres. So I'll be looking forward to that when it comes. Yes, yeah, so I have seen all of them, uh, as Ryan had said, so I will be doing a solo show on that where I review all the episodes that premiered in the UK around the week of the 11th, so make sure people see the episodes. Make sure you watch if you haven't seen them, because like, like you said, they are all really great episodes, really solid episodes. But then we do have another week of new episodes for The Loud House and The Casa Grandes premiering the week of the 23rd. So we have two episodes of The Loud House, which are A Dark and Story Night and Feast or Family. We only have a synopsis for a dark and story night we don't have feast or family yet but we did also get a synopsis for another episode which doesn't have a premiere date yet but it does have a synopsis for that which is on thin ice but let's talk about the episode a dark and story night which is when the lights go out in the loud house the kids entertain themselves by taking turns telling parts of a story so this this reminds me of homespun a lot like this is definitely a continuation or sequel to homespun which is actually one of my favorite episodes not even like one of my favorite like my favorite episode of season one i love the concept of, of just the kids like sitting around and telling stories so this kind of is like that too some people also said it's like left in the dark as well where the lights go out and i agree on that too where it's like they're just sitting around telling stories and i think this will be a really fun episode just kind of kind of like a mad lib sort of episode you know uh ryan what do you think about this episode I definitely agree. It sounds fun. And I really like these type of episodes in animation because hopefully they'll do it for this episode because usually they do a, a, whenever animation does like what I like to call a Rashomon episode. There was I've never seen it, but it's referenced a lot in fiction. There was a, a very famous Japanese movie called Rashomon, which was about a group of Japanese uh, commoners who saw I think they saw the murder of a or something but anyway the concept of the film was they each had differing uh memories of how the uh situation played out and they you know they all told their version of the, of the events and we get to see them unfold uh you know through the replay of what they thought happened and whenever they do a story like this in animation where you know, people have 
um, you know, differing opinions about something or they all go together to tell a story. Usually what they do in animation is that they they use a different style for each character as if the character themselves was drawing it like there was an episode of Rugrats that did this that was made to look like each of the Rugrats were drawing a story they were imitating their parents playing ho- uh, showing home movies and there was also an episode of the Powerpuff Girls that did this that was nominated for an Emmy which was a really memorable episode so I'm hoping they do the same thing with this episode like depending on which loud sibling is telling the story it's 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 done in like a different art style like i can i can imagine you know lucy telling a story and it's done you know in like a gothic style or maybe lincoln's telling the story and it looks like a comic book i don't know if they're going to do this for this episode but i really hope they do because i really like it when the you know the team gets to you know show off in different art styles and do something creative because it would definitely fit the theme for the show. So that's what I'm hoping they'll do for this episode. Yeah, I agree. Like another example I can say for this type of episode that I watched recently is I got back into Darkwing Duck because of DuckTales season three. And there's an episode called Comic Book Capers where he, where, where Darkwing Duck decides to write, to, to, to write his own comic. He tells it his own way. And then his family like Goslin and Launchpad write their own versions. Like Launchpad does like a, like a cowboy version. Goslin does one with a giant monster. Then Megavolt the villain takes over where he wants to win. And I feel like it'll be kind of like that where each of the siblings are telling a, a, a specific story maybe about when they were younger or what or about something where they're just bored and be like hey let's talk tell the story about when like Vanzilla broke down or and we were lost in the forest or something you know something like that where and then like Lola's like trying to take over where she's like the star and everybody's like Lola you gotta stop taking over the story we're there's all of us and not just you and stuff like that like <clears throat> and the same thing like you said I, I'd love to see stylized versions like you know, in the Lily episode where they had, like, the dream sequence where it was very stylized with, like, the stylized characters at the end. I love that. So if they were to, like, mix up the animation styles for each loud story or just, like, a few of them, like, the loose, like, Lucy or even Lily in that way, that would probably make this a pretty amazing episode. I agree. Um, I don't know if this is the episode that, but I remember uh, some of the staff members said whenever we get to Sammy Crowley's last episode before she left for uh, Disney, there's, I don't know if this is that episode, but whatever episode it is, I'm looking forward to. Uh, They said they basically had the original two prop designers, David King and Jared Morgan, just basically go wild with uh, designs. Um, So I don't know if it's this episode or an upcoming episode, but if you've ever seen the way they draw, they have a very distinct uh, style. Um, uh, David King did the character designs you mentioned for any given Sunday. So I don't know if that's going to be this episode but if it is it makes me anticipate it even more if it doesn't it makes me still look forward to whatever that episode they mentioned is going to be yeah absolutely like whatever that episode comes out i'll be so hyped for because i love david king's designs like his art style is 
so cool. Like, I just love when he did that in uh, Never, uh, the Lily episode. Yes, I forgot what the episode was called. Uh, uh, any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday, sorry, my brain just stopped there for a second. Okay. Yeah, so that, I, I'm really excited for this because it really does sound like a Homespun 2.0, so I'm really excited for it. And then the next episode we have a synopsis for is On Thin Ice, which is Lynn's extreme sports superstitions cause chaos at a professional hockey match. Now... I might be a little skeptical about this, and I think most people are when they heard the words sports superstitions, because, you know, it gives us flashbacks to a certain episode that most people don't like and kind of rub Lynn's character the wrong way. And when I was, when we were, when I was discussing this with some people, they were saying that maybe this is going to be kind of like her superstitions, like trying to get back at her, you know, because she has these superstitions whenever she's, like, you know, playing sports and stuff. She has to do, like, good luck, like, things, like, when she's doing a little, like, thing when she's hopping on her leg and stuff. Like, something to stop, like, you know, bad luck from happening and stuff. So I'm a little skeptical about this episode just because of the idea of her superstitions coming back into play. But, Ryan, what do you think about this episode? This sounds like it could be an interesting episode, and I just want to defend Lynn's superstitions because there is an example we've seen of them that a lot of people liked. First off, I if you don't like the episode No Such Luck, that's okay. I, I agree with the folks over at the fan page of The Loud House that it gets a lot of unnecessary hate, mainly yeah. because people don't understand the concept of the episode. Lynn, Lynn was innocent in that episode. Lincoln... It's just a retelling of the classic story of the boy who cried wolf. Lincoln himself was the problem, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. What I wanted to comment on was there was a uh, story in the very first graphic novel about uh, Lynn's superstitions that I think was done by one of the character designers, Todd Omen, and a lot of people liked that uh, story, and I some people who weren't fans of No Such luck did comment that that short story was kind of like oh this is a good story about lynn's superstitions and it was a very funny story it was just like uh lynn was watching a sports game and and her team was losing and she was doing all these strange she was doing all these strange things in front of the tv because of her superstitions and they were losing even more and then lincoln walks into the room and he's scratching his butt and the t uh the team wins and lynn's like uh okay uh i'm gonna need you to hold that pose for the rest of the season uh, that that was a, a very funny uh, gag and so i don't think there's anything particularly wrong with lynn's superstitions because it is a weird thing that uh, a lot of sports players and sports fans do have strange superstitions and i can imagine how they cause chaos like you know maybe lynn's uh well we've seen a preview of this in one of the uk ads we know she's actually at the hockey game in person so like maybe she's sitting in the stands and you know she does some sort of weird routine and it accidentally you know causes one of the players to slip and fall or something I, I can just imagine strange things happening to the sports players and like maybe you know Lynn gets really concerned or people get angry at her for doing it them and she has to make it right in some unusual way like many of the episodes uh, where we just have a very basic premise with no additional details, it's like there's many different directions this concept could go in, and I, I'm looking forward to see what it does. 
Yeah, I do agree on that. Like, I think maybe it'll be where she thinks that once she starts doing, like, a certain routine, that the team starts winning. Like, I've seen that concept before in other um, other shows. I can't think of an example on top of my head, but I've seen that where it's like, you know, like, some character does something, it's like, oh, the team won. Oh, okay, well, now every time I do this thing or something, like, maybe there was an episode of Fairy Odd Pairs where Timmy wished that, like, something happened where... They were there. The team was playing good. Maybe it's that episode with the baseball. Like his friend was playing the baseball team, and his friend started getting good at baseball, and then all of a sudden it backfired on him. That's what I was thinking of. So like this kind of be in that way where it's like Lynn does something where the team starts winning, but then she's like keeps doing it and doing it, and they keep winning. But then by by the end, she starts doing a, a different sort of thing, and then everybody then the team starts losing. And it's like wait, but I thought that I was supposed to do this or that. It's like why why is this back? fired on me and she has to realize that maybe you know she has to stop believing in superstitions or it's like maybe it's just like she you know has to learn that maybe not every day will go her way and stuff like that I don't know like I am pretty in interested in because this is the third Lynn episode we've had this season like I'm surprised that Lynn has had a good amount of episodes this season with you know good sports and singled out which I liked good sports I thought it was pretty decent singled out not so much so I hope this episode is a little more better than those two but you know I'm glad that Lynn's been getting a bunch of focus episodes this season so I'm looking forward to it I agree. And then we also have two uh, Casa Grande episodes that are coming out. We don't have synopsis for those as well, which are Slink or, Sw Slink or Swim and The Big Chill. Um, so people have pointed out that Slink or Swim basically is the same thing as Link or Swim. So I'm curious as to if this episode will have something to do with summer and swimming and a pool and stuff like with Link, Link or Swim. And then The Big Chill, I, I'm thinking it might be a winter episode. That's what I'm thinking it could be about. I'm not sure. We don't have a synopsis for that yet. And the same thing with the last episode, Feast or Family, we don't know about those. And like you said, with the UK pro promo we got a while back, there was a ton of uh, clips in that promo that we had not seen in any of the recent episodes that came out in the UK, as I can say, because I've seen them. So a ton of those are probably from these upcoming two Lighthouse episodes that are coming out. Which, again, the Lynn one is definitely from the Lynn episode. But I think the ones with, like, Lincoln with the little number one baby boy hat on the scooter is definitely... I think that's from the, um, the Dark and Story Night episode. But, again, it's really exciting to get of more new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grande. So, again, I'm looking forward to all these episodes whenever they come out. Yeah, it's kind of interesting what they're doing, uh, actually, for the um, for the uh, premieres, uh, um, in that there's going to be a new episode of, a, I think, an animated series every Sunday and the Casa, uh, this month, and The Casa Grandes and The Loud House are the last two. Like, uh, The Loud House is the second to last Sunday of the month, and The Casa Grandes is the last Sunday of the month. So it'll be something interesting to look forward to on Sunday nights. And, of course, we also have uh, the week of premieres uh, that the that you mentioned, which uh, is also going to be used as a lead-in uh, for new episodes of um, their their newest cartoon, Ollie's Pack. I, mm. I just think it's interesting from a you know a marketing scheduling standpoint that they use uh, you know established shows such as The Loud House to boost uh, the ratings of other shows, and and it definitely seems to help. I mean, uh, the Casa Grandes um, is 
one of the top shows on the network in uh, in this country as well as Latin America as well. And uh, It's Pony was one of the uh, biggest uh, premieres of a original cartoon the network ever had. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that, you know, they're not just coasting on one or two shows. Like, they're creating a whole, you know, universe of, of animated shows, which, you know, Disney and Cartoon Network have, and Nickelodeon themselves have done over the years. So it's, you know, it's nice to see that they're all working together to you know boost each other's ratings so to speak yeah what's interesting though is that they're bringing back the bomb again which i thought they would never do because again we had those saturday premieres which were with the loud house casa grandes and its pony which i thought was really great when i was in school because i didn't have to miss new episodes of the loud house of the casa grandes while i was in school but i think because they decided well since we're all we all can't go anywhere you know with this whole pandemic still going on they're like well kids are stuck at home they you know have nothing to do what are they gonna do now well we can actually show new episodes of the shows now on weekdays because they don't have school anymore which i think is a pretty smart idea because i we were all worried that about april like when we first saw the schedule we were like oh there's not gonna be any new episodes of the loud house of the castle grandes then they show the promo saying coming soon so we were like okay they're coming soon then they changed it to be like they first gave us a date then they switched it for some reason then they switched it back because i guess nick didn't really know when they wanted to premiere these new episodes because again we they are they're like well what, what like how are you going to premiere new episodes when the kids are at home like should we do it saturdays or should we do it in the week weekdays so I think be, I'm still, I'm not a big fan of the bomb. Like, I'm really not still of that schedule. I thought the Saturday premieres were great. But again, because of this whole situation going on, I feel like they feel they could premiere a whole bunch of episodes during the week. And as of right now, I think it's a pretty smart idea with that. And also, again, leading into new cartoons like It's Pony and Always Pack, which, um, you know, I, I really, I do enjoy the new set of Nicktoons that have been coming out. Like, It's Pony, I love Always Pack. I've watched a few episodes, I think it's great. So I'm glad that Nickelodeon is actually, like people have said, have been, actually been treating their new cartoons pretty well now, especially with... You know, now that they have the Loud House and the Casa Grandes leading them in for new episodes, but I think they're doing a better job at treating their new cartoons better now. Yes, uh, there was a promotional image uh, they did uh, on Instagram. That's a good example of that. Like, uh, they announced it last year, but their acquisition of Garfield finally went through, I think, last month. So (laughs) they did a really nice image of all the current cartoons, Loud House, SpongeBob, Ollie's Pack, It's Pony, and Garfield was right there in the middle. Like, they were welcoming him to the family. So I thought, you know, it's really nice that they're treating all their current shows as, like, one big family. Which, which is something I've always loved when, you know, networks and companies treat, uh, you know, their characters in, as one big family and have them interact with each other or put them together in pictures. I've, I've always loved it when companies do stuff like that. So, Yeah, so, so again, when the new episodes come out, those will be very exciting. And we can't wait to see more new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grandes, of course. All right, so the next piece of news is that we are going to get new episodes of the Listen Out Loud podcast coming out. Woo! Finally, the new, the last Listen Out Loud podcast is back. Um, it's not back yet. We're going to get them eventually. We don't have a date for the new episodes. But a preview clip did come out on iTunes, uh, uh, on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. A preview did come out for them with Lincoln, who is now voiced by Astro Bishop. He has been voicing him for the V-Logs, which were recent, but he's now the official voice of Lincoln Loud, so he is voicing Lincoln for the podcast as well. And he did talk about what uh, episodes we can, uh, you know, 
expect from the new new season of Listen Out Loud, which is season three. So one episode will have Click and McCloud going to Gus's games at Grub. One episode will be about Lucy and her friends trying to summon Ricky the Rooster. And then one another episode is going to be about Lola and Lincoln, where uh, Lincoln is coaching Lola for a pageant, which I'm really glad they brought, like, I'm happy they brought back Lincoln coaching Lola for a pageant, which hasn't been brought up since, you know, Toes and Tiaras and um, the one episode from season three, I'm blanking on it now, the one with Lola and Lori. Um, but yeah, like, I, I'm really excited again for new episodes to listen out loud, because we haven't had this since, like, last year. Like, I still remember when the new episodes came out when I was just starting the new semester of school, but then they, they, they took a really long hiatus for this podcast, and then they brought brought in the Custard Familiar Sounds, but the Custard Familiar Sounds stopped from six episodes in January, and we don't know when that's going to come back, so... But hopefully they will come back, but as of right now, Listen Out Loud is coming back with new episodes and a new season, so I'm really excited for it. Are you excited for Listen Out Loud coming back, Ryan? Definitely. Um, I think it's interesting. I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, that like the vlogs, these are you know kind of more recent productions which is not surprising since you know uh you don't really have to go in and animate anything uh because it's all audio but one thing i've always liked about the podcast is they actually do feel like radio episodes of the show which is you know it's kind of difficult to you know take something that's very visual like a cartoon and make it work in a different realm such as audio but the podcast managed to do it and they they do it very well so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing you know what comes ahead yeah me too um to ask you this question uh what uh what character would you like a podcast to be about on this season of listen out loud that's a good question because we've basically done all of the major uh, characters already in the first two seasons, and I think that's kind of why they're expanding in this season, you know, to talk to the friend groups that we've seen of the characters. But I think there are two, there are two uh, characters that uh, in the main family that I don't think have episodes yet, and I definitely love to see them have their own episodes for two different reasons. The first one is Lynn Sr., because uh, he's definitely a ham, and I think it would be hilarious to see, you know, what he would do with a podcast. He'd probably do, you know, ver something very lame, like, you know, the history of cowbell music, and, you know, the other, the people, the kids would probably get annoyed, and they'd probably have to give him advice. You know, nobody wants to listen to that. And the other one would be Lily, because it would be very interesting to see what an episode centered around her would be like because of course she can't speak well she can speak but not very well so it would be interesting to see if someone was translating for her or if like lisa invented a device that would help her translate things or you know or if someone was trying to interpret what she was saying and they got it wrong like you know that one episode uh you mentioned any given sunday where she's she's drawing this crude picture of an ice cream cone and the kids are trying to figure out what it's like and you know they're just like oh lily called a meeting because she just wanted to say hi to us that's so sweet like mm -hmm. there are different ways that a lily centered episode could go so i definitely like to see what they would do with her as the focus 
Yeah, like, I feel like they're gonna, again, double on uh, characters we've had before, because, again, we're getting another Click of a Cloud episode to be expected, because Click of a Cloud is the strong friendship of the show. And with Wall and Lincoln, like, the, I love their dynamic. They're one of my favorite sibling pairings with Lincoln, so to see them paired up in a podcast is great. And the Lucy one, too, I'm pretty interested in them trying to, like, bring Rookie the Rooster back to life or something like that. I think that's really ridiculous. But, yeah, the Lily one, I'm curious on how they could do that, because I feel like it could be like any given Sunday where all the siblings are trying to figure out what she's saying and they're trying to translate what she's saying or like again Lisa probably builds a device where we where Willie can actually talk and you actually hear her talking and it's like it, it kind of freaks you out because you're like oh my gosh Lily's actually talking and then, and then something goes wrong where it goes back to Lily not be able to talk at all so I am curious as to how they can do that and I feel like the Lynn Senior one is probably going to be him giving a tour of his restaurant I think that's the best podcast they could do with him because like with Rita one they had her they had with her at the dentist when she was like you know uh you know the kids were going there for checkups and stuff and Lynn Senior was trying to get out of it so I feel like Lynn Senior could give a tour of his uh of his restaurant that's how I feel like his could go but yeah I'm pretty excited for what they could do this season because you know just to get the, the podcast together is great like you said they're like audio versions of the episodes like they, they feel like episodes we should get in the actual show like again what would Lincoln we should get that on the actual show, but, you know, like, I'm really, again, excited for them to expand on the universe and give us episodes in audio form, you know, so I'm really excited. Me too. All right, so let's move on to the next piece of news, which is a new graphic novel is coming out. So we actually got the news, I think yesterday, that a new graphic novel is coming out in 2021, which is When I Grow Up. Um, it's up for pre-order right now, and it has a little, um, it has a cover now, which is all the care, um, all the louds are on the cover, wearing different disguises, and, um, they are pointing out that Wan is not there, and, you know, like you said, you pointed out that these are the, the, the disguises they had in, um, what was it, Fool Me Twice? Yeah, Fool Me Twice, yes. yes. So I was like, oh, this, this is probably just, just a, um, just a preview cover, they're probably gonna change it later, because... It doesn't look like it could be a cover for the actual comic, but we do have a synopsis for the comic, which is, The Lao House is looking to the future as a school project forces the kids to plan careers. Can Lin pick just one sport? Could Lola be a pro pageant queen? Would Lana make it as a professional worm catcher? Lincoln and his ten sisters are about to put their imaginations to work, literally. Meanwhile, Lucy leads a freaky quest, and Lincoln's friend Zack hunts a monster at school. All of this, and the Casa Grandes too. CJ needs to use his pirate know how to rescue his cousin Bobby. Can seven can the seven seas help him? Can his trusty dog Lalo? The shocky answers these questions, some big belly laughs and more, and all the stories by the Loud House Creative Comics team. Now this sounds very promising. Like, you know, the fact that we know about season five is gonna be kind of a time skip where like you know Lincoln and Clyde are going to middle school and Lori's eventually going to go to college I feel feel like this is a very you know fitting comic for the future of the Loud House where the kids are kind of trying to figure out what they could be when they grow up like I think it's a very interesting concept with that because you know maybe when once Lori goes to college they're all probably questioning well what, what will I do once I'm like Lori's age what what kind of career what kind of job should I have and I think that's really an interesting idea that I've never thought they would do but I'm glad they're doing it in comic form so we can get different stories about each loud doing a different occupation or a different like putting their imaginations to the test of what they could be because I have ideas of what the louds could do when they're older like you know whether it be a fashion designer or Lincoln drawing comics when he's older so seeing what the you know what the crew could come up with in the comic is 
showing what the kids can be doing when they're older is great. And also the fact that, again, the Casa Grandes are going to be featured in this comic too. I'm so glad the Casa Grandes continue to be featured in the Loud House comics. Because like I said on Twitter, I thought because the Casa Grandes have their own series, they would push them away from the Loud House comics, but they continue to have them in there in some sort of capacity, whether they have their own stories or they're connected like with Libby the Casa Loud or even the Winter comic we're going to get eventually with them and the anniversary comic we were supposed to get for Free Comic Day, but they moved that to another day, so we're going to get them again. So I'm glad they continue to have the Casa Grandes and the Loud House together in one unit in the comics, but I'm really looking forward to this. Like, I feel like it's going to be a very interesting comic to see what the kids think about, what, they, what they're what they going to do when they're older, but what do you think about this comic coming out? Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, from the description that you just read, it sounds like uh, at first when I read the, you know, the title and the solicitation that came out, it sounded like, you know, this was going to be another st uh, comic like uh, After Dark and Loud and Proud, where it was one very big story that was interconnected. And we got to see, you know, what the each of the Loud siblings were doing either at night or doing the during the day. But from what it sounds like, you know, there were descriptions about uh, other comics uh, in there about different characters and also the Casa Grandes, as you mentioned. It sounds like that the title and cover are, are based uh, just on a single story like Family Tree was and mm -hmm. that we're going to have a bunch of different stories which is which is which is what I, which is what i kind of like you know i like the interconnected stories they're really neat as they feel like long form episodes of the show yeah. but i also like the way that what m the way most of the comics work is that, that you get a bunch of comics about different characters or the you get one about the family together or you get one about one character or you get one about another character because you know it makes it feel like a real comic book like uh like in like if you look at an old archie comic you know you get a story about all the people together or you get a story about then you get a story about just jughead then you know you get a quick one one page gag featuring one of the characters which is which is the same way the graphic novels work um and i think that you know that's really one of the strengths because they're able to tell stories that are similar to episodes of the show in the graphic novels but they're also able to do things like that the show is not able to do because of its format like you wouldn't be able to do a very quick you know one panel comic strip like gag in an episode of the show and the graphic novel gives give them an opportunity to do things like that so it's very fun it shows you know how these characters are malleable you know you can tell a very long story with them but you can also use them for a very quick gag which i think is the strength of any good character so i'm definitely looking forward to see both how this and future you know episode uh future installments of the graphic novel continue to use the characters to their different strengths like that yeah i agree because i have a strong opinion towards the like the the ones that only have a, uh, one story like left like um what was it after dark and there was the one where Lori was taking them all to different places and stuff i feel like those were a little bit weaker because i feel like they were trying to make it one story which i thought i mean it was an interesting premise but doing it like maybe two or three times i know there was three of them that did that I felt like, you know, 
after a while, it started feeling like maybe they should just include the other characters because you do more with that than just one story, you know? Like, I was feeling kind of like, you know, I kind of, well, I kind of missed the Casagrandes being in the comics, too, because I love that they include them. But when they did the only, the, the, the interconnected stories, I was like, oh, well, we're kind of missing out on the other parts of the show, which are the Casagrandes. And again, like, we had After Dark, which only had, like, the Louds in it. Then we had the other comics, which only had the Louds in it. Then we had the one with the Louds in it, and then this Bobby appeared. So it was kind of like a little disappointing for me. So I love when they include everybody in the comics and we can get different stories about different characters and stuff like, you know, Family Tree, Live with Cuss Aloud, then the future ones coming out. Like, I think Ultimate Hangout is the next one where I think it's going to be just one story, which I, you know, it's with Lincoln and his friends, which I am kind of interested in because it's just Lincoln and his friends hanging out and playing video games and he kind of misses his sister. So we're getting one of those again, which, you know, I'm excited, but also not excited because, again, I have a strong feeling towards the ones with only one story, but, you know, I'm glad, again, like, there are some where they include everybody, so we can get, we can, we can get a chance to get different stories about different characters that we, we did, we usually don't get in the actual show. I agree. I, I, as I said, it's it's very interesting to see how you can do both a big story and a bunch of differing stories like an actual comic book but i agree with you that i i tend to uh, appreciate the latter more yeah so so that is very exciting we are getting more graphic novels because again there's a there's a ton coming out this year like we have the one that's just about lincoln which is coming out i, I believe in august we have the uh, supposedly the free comic day one is gonna come out hopefully because i know they postponed free comic day but i hope they at least you know they um give it out to us because I really want to see because it, it does have the consequences in it. Then we have the witch one coming out. Then we have the Who's the Loudest which that one's coming out I think in November. So there's a whole bunch coming out this year and then, and then Ultimate Hangout is coming out this month actually. But then we have another one coming out in 2021 so it's crazy how they're pumping out a ton of graphic novels. It's crazy like I didn't think they had a ton last year but I feel like there's like four coming out this year. It's kind of crazy how, how many they do for the show. Definitely. Uh, yeah, so graphic novels again coming out really, really exciting. Then the next piece of news is that recently the uh, voice actors of the Casa Grandes were doing a live read for the Youth Cinema Project that was recently. So we had Isabel Alvarez, Carlos Azaraki, and Alex Cazares. I don't know how to say her name. Cazares. Cazares, thank you. Yeah, so we had them uh, reading a live script for the Youth Cinema Project uh, for a young student who actually wrote a script uh, uh, for uh, one of her projects, which I think that was a real really great opportunity for these students to get actual voice actors in the Latino community to actually read their scripts for their projects like they should have been like they are probably really honored and really happy that they, they actually got people in the industry reading their um, their scripts for their project I think that's a really great opportunity and just seeing them read these uh, scripts like you know when Isabel was reading her part I could totally imagine Roddy Ann in that role and you know Alex read her part kind of imagining Carl and stuff like I thought it was a really cool thing that they did. What do you think about this? 
I definitely agree. I'm just, for those who didn't see it, you can see it on YouTube anytime you want, but I'm going to go uh, quickly go over what the story was mm-hmm. about. Uh, it was called An Origin to Remember, and according to the girl who wrote it, it was uh, somewhat inspired by Alice in Wonderland. And it was a very cute story. It was uh, basically about a rude girl who was played by Isabella who falls asleep and wakes up in an unusual land, and she's, you know, being, being followed around by this girl named Cat, who Alex played. And, you know, she was kind of like, you know, like, she was very inquisitive and she's like you know what brings you here you know what are you doing here and you know Isabella's character I forget her name but she got annoyed at it and they met uh a, a strange Mad Hatter-like character named the Mad Pinner, who Carlos was playing. He was very funny. And, you know, she basically had to answer a question. You know, he was, you know, trying to test or realize the error of her ways. And, you know, she eventually comes to the conclusion, oh, you're trying to say that I'm rude. Well, I understand that now. So can I please get out of here? Because this girl is really annoying me. And, you know, the Mad Pinner kind of gets on her case and she's like, you know, he's like, you know, well, you, you say that you realize the error of your ways, but, you know, you're being rude to this new person you just met. So clearly you haven't met, you haven't learned anything. And um, she eventually uh, lets Cat go free, which, you know, she's sacrificing by sacrificing her new friend rather than letting her go out. And the end of the story was a cute little twist. The girl is like, okay, since I set Cat free, does that mean I get to go free now? And he's like... No, only one person gets to go free at the time. Cat was here before you, and and someone sacrificed themselves to let them go free. So now you're going to have to stay here until someone comes else comes, and you're going to have to reflect on how rude a little girl you've been. And it was kind of a cute story. It was kind of a cute twist at the end. You know, she paid the price. Uh, she had to learn. You know, she she's stuck there forever now, and she has to learn the hard way that you know she misbehaved so i thought it was a cute little idea for a story and definitely having professional actors uh you know tell it really enhanced it and it was very funny carlos was very funny because uh things kept messing up for him and the example of a great actor is someone who's able to bounce back uh from mistakes like that like his dogs kept barking in the background so you know he's uh Mad Pinner was very stentorian. He kind of, you know, had a, like a deep voice. So it, in the middle of his monologue, he just, you know, without even missing a beat, he just said, silence, dogs, and then continued, uh, which was pretty funny. And his computer kept freezing, which everyone thought was funny. And w- when Isabella was saying something to him, it did. And uh, he was just like, well, my computer's frozen, but I think that you said that if you weren't lost, you wouldn't want to talk to me. He, you know, he just you know he just went on as if he was hearing the line so that was pretty funny and also i had never seen alex perform live and i was surprised at two things one thing was that her natural voice is very close to carl's voice which Mm -hmm. i did not know and also she was really funny because she's just like a big ball of energy she was very energetic in her performance and when at the end of the uh reading when they asked um the cat the guest 
readers what their favorite thing about the uh, the uh, script was. She said, I love that Izzy got to play the bad girl. She always plays Ronnie <laughs> Ann, who's really nice. Well, not all the not time. Not all the time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, wait, Alex, don't say she's always that. She said, oh, not all the time. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, it was so cool seeing Alex. Because we've seen, you know, Isabella and Carlos do so much on camera. So to finally see Alex do something was really neat. Because, you know, hearing that her actual voice does sound like Carl was so awesome to see. Like, this was just a great opportunity to see them, you know, voice acting a script written by a student. And having that great opportunity for that student. Like, if like that would have been so cool. Because I'm studying animation. If I had, like, if I had written a script for, like, an animation that had, like, a professional voice actor, like, read over my script that would be incredible like i thought this was such a great thing like a great great thing for them you know yes definitely i also want to quickly point out uh, in the same week uh there mm -hmm. was also another uh thing like this through another organization called the young storytellers that was also sponsored by nickelodeon uh you can watch this one on youtube too uh it was a show called the story clubhouse and this one was uh cast members from different nickelodeon shows carlos was there too but they also had on uh janet varney who played the title character on uh the legend of Korra. And they also had Tom Kenny, who is, of course, SpongeBob. And he was there with his wife, Jill Talley, who plays Karen Plankton's computer wife. But, of course, she is also the voice of Read Aloud. And they did a story that was written by a child. It was called Cheeto's Special Talent, which was uh, Carlos was playing a cheetah who wanted to become friends with a girl lion who Jill was playing. And Tom uh, was, you know, like the rude lion who was, you know, basically basically like the the mean boy at the cafeteria table of the lion clique so to speak he's like you know you can't be friends with her i'm a lion and you're a cheetah we're natural predators and it, it was just a cute story about uh how he, first he tried the cheetah tried to disguise himself as a lion but the disguise got found out and eventually you know he realized that he doesn't have to be the fastest animal in the jungle he can control his speed again it was a, a cute little story you know for something that a child wrote and it was very fun to see the actors read it and it was also fun to see them react uh to um what uh you they reacted to the script at the end as well what they liked about it the most and tom said something similar to what alex said about you know isabella playing the mean girl you know tom said in spongebob's voice you know you know i I'm usually a nice guy. SpongeBob's a nice guy, so it was nice to funny to play the bully for once. So I think that's pretty neat. Not only that, you know, they get to read these scripts for the students and the students actually get to see their work read out but also that you know they get to play characters they normally wouldn't play like bullies or mean girls. So it must be a fun stretch for them to play a different character. Yeah, you know, I would have said to Tom Kenny, I would have said that's not true. You played Commander Peepers on Wander Over Yonder. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, obscure cartoon, but it's like, yeah, like, you, no, you played a bully once. You played a bad guy, actually. So, nah, but yeah, it, it was, and it's a really, really neat idea that Nickelodeon is reaching out to these organi organizations for kids and actually letting them, 
like re like having these voice actors read scripts and stories these kids are writing because I think that's a really great thing for them during this time because I you know I thought it was like well you know during these times kids are trying to you know write things for final projects and for school projects and stuff and now that we're not in school I think it's great that like you know they're getting professional people in the industry to read scripts for them just like made up stories that they had and I think that's just a great thing that they've done so I, I hope they do more of these I'd love to see more of the you know either the Loud House or mostly the Casa Grande voice actors do more of these for kids and organizations and just read stories or you know read scripts and stuff that kids have come up with definitely um I think it's a very cool idea and I I hope that the entire voice acting community uh, continues to do so. Uh, you know, they've been really reaching out during this pandemic. Uh, Lisa Schaefer, who is the the voice director of uh, the Loud House and the Casa Grande, she's doing a thing on, she's been doing a thing on Instagram for the last month where she's having voice actors from the shows uh, she voice directs uh, read um, children's books on Instagram, which I think is really neat. Some of the folks from the Loud House and the Casa Grandes have been on that show uh liliana mumi who plays lenny read uh the giving tree by shell silverstein mm -hmm. and i know roxana ortega read something i don't know what book she read but i think it's really cool that the animation and voice acting community is reaching out to keep kids entertained and you know all and and to continue these class projects that were canceled as a result of this pandemic and really make the kids feel good which i think is very nice absolutely yeah, so it's, it's been a great thing seeing this, a great opportunity for those kids and stuff. All right. And so to the final news for this week is that we got to do some YouTube updates from the Loud House and Casa Grande YouTube page, as I always go over the uh, videos that they upload on the YouTube page. So what they've uploaded this week is that the first thing they had, which was the Loud House Rainy Day Interactive Guide, which they talked about, you know, if there was a rainy day, what the Loud kids would be doing inside, you know, where, where did we go, what things they'd be doing inside of the house. So I was likely they do the interactive guides because they always like show what the kids would be doing in a certain situation and stuff so I think it's a really neat idea whenever they do that then they had a video called every time someone says Lincoln it speeds up they've done a bunch of these videos like the ones where it's like if someone says someone's name it speeds up or slows down and stuff so they had one with Lincoln where it was like they were playing the episode City Slickers and every time someone said Lincoln it spun up and every time I, I think every time they say Ronnie it would slow down so that was pretty fun then they had the Bobby's date with Lori causes issues, which was, which was just a clip of flea market which you know they put i like when they post clips from the show from the episodes because you know you can watch the episodes whatever you want but i think it's really neat whenever they post little clips of the episodes to acknowledge the episodes so that was kind of neat then they uploaded uh a, a, a video yesterday which was lincoln loud's best looks which were all all of the outfits that lincoln has wore in the show i kind of disagreed on some sort of things because i felt like i was like as a lincoln loud fan i'm like you missed this you missed this you missed this you missed this so i mean i, I and they kind of, you know, incorporate all of the outfits he wore in predictability, but most of the outfits that they showed in the video, I was like, well, you missed this one, you missed that one, you missed that one, but you know, with these videos, they don't always have enough time for everything, but I still thought it was a neat idea. Then uh, one they uploaded today was Ronnie Yen's first sleepover at Dad's, which again was a clip from um, Away Game, where Ronnie Yen and Bobby go over to, you know, sleep over their dad's house in that episode. So uh, I haven't, because you haven't been on, Ryan, um... Uh, what do you think about these videos that they upload on the Loud House and Casa Grande YouTube page? I really like the videos. I, I like the fact that they're doing a nice mix of 
um, a nice mix of, you know, videos like um, uh, episode clips and, um, uh, you know, the the interactive guides and and what I like to call meme videos. It's a very nice mix because uh, there's um, all of the major uh, Nickelodeon shows now have their own official YouTube pages. So uh, they used to post them all on Nickelodeon's main YouTube page, but now they've branched off. So uh, SpongeBob has an official has had an, an official YouTube channel for over a year. So you know, um, so. They've done things like this. They have like original series they do. They they do random things. They do like episode clips, but they also do, you know, silly videos like exactly how much money is Mr. Krabs worth or how much money has Plankton lost over the years or here are some random clips from some episodes, but every time Patrick speaks, he's speaking Spanish. And I like it when they do things like that. And I definitely like it when they do it on the official uh, Loud House channel as well. Like uh, they did they did um like w- one funny example of a foreign language video uh the uh, the uh official loud house video uh channel did like here's all of the wham's jokes from one episode but they're in every single language that your show is aired and i just like it when they do stuff like that and i i definitely like the interactive guides they're very clever and you know the way they choose the clips from the episodes is very well done and i definitely love what they call the meme videos because i just love media remixes on um uh youtube like you know here's a scene from a tv show or a theme song but every time they say this word something happens um and i love the fact that nickelodeon's doing this officially like i thought the video was where you know every time they say lincoln it speeds up and every time they say ronnie and it slows down is funny uh was very funny and i thought the funniest thing was in that episode they actually say ronnie ann more than they do lincoln so yeah. <laughs> for, most, for most of the video the episode is playing at 40 percent minus speed so i thought that was pretty funny yeah <laughs> yeah I, I love the variety of stuff they do on the the youtube page because it's always funny whenever they do the slowing down and speeding up videos because like it, they did one for Bobby like in Miss Connection and again like they say Lori more than Bobby in that episode so the video actually slows down more in that than say Bobby so I, I love when they do those like one of my favorites recently was the deep dive into Roddy Ann where they talked about 27 facts about her life and then also the one moment from every Loud House episode like that was also great so I love how much variety they put into these videos like how much you know fun they have with these videos whether it's just like you know you said like the meme videos or the interactive guides or just putting like a compilation video and stuff i think it's i think they always put in some fun stuff whenever they post videos on the youtube page oh yeah another one i liked recently which is kind of like an offshoot of that meme videos is they had all these remixes of the casa grande's theme song yes really really cool and some of them were funny like here's the song without the vocals here's the song without the music and just the vocals here's the song except every time they say the word casa grande's it speeds up i just like the way that they do all those clever remixes yeah like that one i was i love because i was like 
can we just get an instrumental version of the theme song then? Like, an official release? Because I'd love that. Or without the music, like, just hearing the vocals. I'm like, I'd actually love an official release of that. You know, like, I, thought, I thought that was really fun. And same thing with, like, they also had the Best Thing Ever remix, where they slowed it down, speed it up, like, no, like, music, no vocals and stuff. Like, I think those are really cool. But, yeah, like, I love... I love the, the videos they posted. They're all just full of variety and so much fun stuff. Me too. I like it when companies get social media, and Nickelodeon is definitely one of those who does. Yep, and then we have two other YouTube videos to talk about, which we also have the How to Draw series that keeps coming out. Like, I love that they still continue to do the, I call it the How to Draw series. They had one recently where they were showing how to draw Lisa Lab, which I thought was really cool. And then, of course, we had today the animatic for VIP came out, which I love when they post the animatics for the Casa Grandes or even the Loud House, but mostly they've been posting the Casa Grande ones. I just think it's really neat because, again, as somebody who's studying animation, it's really cool to see the animatics of how an, a, you know, an episode is you know storyboarded and laid out and stuff because one day I, I'm hoping I'll do this as a career so it's always neat to see like watch these animatics as like studies you know for school stuff like it's just really neat to see the side-by-side -side comparison so what do you think about you know these videos like the how to draw series and the animatics coming out definitely I really like the fact that Nick animation Nick animation has their own YouTube page these yeah. are where the all these are posted and I love the fact that they're doing you know behind the scenes stuff like this and you know also interactive stuff like the how to draw and uh, the recent uh, Instagram lives that they did with all of their artists and such yes. and I also think it's interesting that the artists themselves are like show uh, are like sharing things uh, Sarah Johnson uh, posted on her personal Twitter account uh, her animatic for the song sequence from yes. right and wrong uh, which was revised by Anna Hill and it was really neat seeing that uh, in animatic form and it's also fun you know to see the artists talk about uh, different things like I was just showing Sonny uh, before the show uh, right uh, as we speak uh, Ashley Clement Baker who is the art director on the Loud House was doing an AMA on her Instagram story and you know some of the answers were funny and some of them were interesting like one I showed Sunny because I knew she loved it is someone asked her if she could you know draw Ronnie Ann and she did a fantastic drawing of Ronnie Ann and she, and she, she, she wrote underneath don't show this to Puga I'm, I'm pretty sure it's off model and I think <laughs> she was being jokingly humble yeah. Because it was a really darn good drawing of Ronnie Ann. Oh, yeah, because and... she, she draws a ton of Lincolns. So I was really surprised when someone did ask her to draw Ronnie Ann because, you know, I'm very skeptical when it comes to the AMAs when they do them on Instagram because I don't want people, like, I don't want fans asking them specific questions about the show or anything because, you know, I get very antsy when they're like, asking about certain things but like when they do answer stuff i think it's fun but like when someone asked to draw ronnie and she did it, i was like oh my gosh she actually did it it's incredible how did she do that like like she's like oh this doesn't look good um excuse me it looks amazing like i would just love that like you know have this as my own like no she it was pretty amazing to see because she always i've see, always seen her draw lincoln so the fact that she could draw roddy in was honestly amazing to me so i do love when they do answer questions but i'm always a little skeptical because i'm worried about what fans will ask them you know so it got me when i, when I saw when i saw you show with me i was like a little worried about it but when i saw that she did draw roddy in it blew my mind how amazing it was you know 
Yeah, she does great art. She did a great drawing of Lincoln with like balloons and confetti yesterday yeah. for the fourth anniversary. And and another funny one. This is like a running gag with the art staff. I think she was the first one to pick put bring it up i'm guessing some of the other members of the show are you know asking her questions because she said someone asked something about you know the storyboarding team and she said you know i love you all but it, i i'm still in disbelief that half of you are gone now and because a lot of the staff has moved on to other projects so i think that was from one of the staff members and i'm pretty sure this one was from one of the staff members because it's like a running gag between them uh it was something like am i allowed to flip lincoln's turkey tail absolutely not it's like a running gag on on like on their accounts like she pointed it out and i think jared morgan did too because they were looking at an old video on nickelodeon's youtube page it was uh, the portal chase one where lincoln and lily are going into different video games and they um and they, you know, and they meet up with other Nickelodeon characters. At one point, Lincoln hugs Lily, and his turkey tail, or cowlick, is backwards. Uh, the yes. fluffy part is where the two hairs are supposed to be, and vice versa. And both of them pointed out, this is one cardinal rule we've had over five years of the show that you're never supposed to break. You can never flip Lincoln's turkey tail. We've been told this hundreds of times, and the fact that, you know, Nickelodeon marketing department did it you know i i uh, it, it, i think it's like a running gag with them now like this is the one cardinal rule we have on the show that that you're not supposed to do and just and it was just very funny that someone jokingly brought it up and she jokingly responded but i love the fact yeah. that they have yeah. inside jokes like that yeah what's funny is they should probably tell the animation like the people who do the animation that because there are so many times in the show where Lincoln's hair will be flipped backwards and the turkey tail will be like on the wrong way, and I, it's not even like an animation error. Like it's on. Like there are some episodes where his hair will be backwards and it will bug me so much because it's on a whole entire scene and it just irks me so much. Like I remember that tweet. I think it was Jared who made that tweet. Where it was like. Like, he was, like, calling out the fan artists, too, which are like, Hey, guys, just so you know, if you're a fan artist, remember that Lincoln's turkey tail should not be on the wrong side. And I, I, I did respond where I'm like, yeah, as an artist, I always forget he has one. Because <laughs> when I'm drawing Lincoln, I always forget the turkey tail or I always forget, like, the little hairs on the side of his head. So it is a little hard to, like, remember that. But, yeah, I do remember when there was the third Portal Chase video that came out that had Roddy Ann in it. And I did post, like... I think I posted a video or something, and I don't know, either one of the crew members talked about it or saying, like, oh, the turkey tail's on the wrong side again, and it's like, yeah, I know, it's just, just, yeah, like, I, I definitely agree with that, where it irks me so much how much, even in the show, like, in the show, there are times where his hair will be the wrong way in actual long shots that bugs me so much, you know, it's kind of like, like, I, I never really talked about this on my show, but I always have to point it out, or some people have already pointed out, there are times in season four where Lincoln does not have a stress, like, quote-unquote stress marks anymore, and I don't know why either they're forgetting about it or it's intentional and he's not stressed anymore, you know, because that was, like, a per like a part of his, like, you know, like, character design, it was that he always had those little, like, stress marks. So the fact that, like, in season four specifically, there are so many times where he doesn't have them, 
either it's a design choice or they're, they're just forgetting them. I'm not sure, you know. It, that's the one thing that kind of bothers me nowadays. It's like, where are his stress marks? Why are they not there? And huge long scenes where his eyes are showing, you know? So, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's really nice that, you know, that the staff members reach out, you know, to the fans and do things like this. Yeah. And they also joke around with their coworkers. It's fun to see them do both. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to go into a tantrum there for a second, but you know. yeah, No, no problem at all. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, that's all the recent news I have for this week. Have you heard any new, have you heard any news about the Loud House or the Casa Grandes during this week? Uh, not that I can think of. Alright, so we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are, talk we are going to talk about all the new episodes of the Loud House and the Casa Grandes that came out recently, which are Right or Wrong, Perfect Gig, Fast Feud, and Never Friendly Story, when we come back. <laughs> City with my big familia. Every day here is my favorite dia. One big house in our family store. Food and laughter and mucho amor. Dios, abuelos, all of my primos. A dog, a parrot, amigos. We're one big family now. Sundays and Mondays, they're all fun days when you're with us. Train. The city sounds that fill my brain. Hitting the street and grabbing my board. It's a big city, so much to explore. Hanging on the block, skating at the park. It's totally fun from dawn till dark. Mercado below me, amiga above. Our Casa Grande is full of love. Tios, abuelos, all of my primos. A dog, a parrot, amigos. We're one big family now. back to talk about the new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grandes that premiered during the week, which was Right and Wrong, Perfect Gig, Fast Feud, and Never Friending Story. So let's talk about the first episode, which is Right and Wrong. When uh, Rita tries to convince a newspaper editor that her kids are perfect in order to land a parenting advice column job. So I'm going to uh, let you go first, Ryan. What did you think about Right and Wrong? I really like this episode. This is uh this is an episode where it's not really an ensemble uh, episode because it focuses on one character but it's one of the type of episodes which i like the most which is one about the family unit this this really felt like a classic episode of the show like something that you could have seen in season one except of course you wouldn't have seen it um because you know they didn't show the parents faces th then and they hadn't really fleshed them out as characters but in a way the aesthetic is still there the family dynamic and this was a really funny episode as well but it was also you know a, a good episode the best episodes you know balance the humor with the message and i thought it, it was really interesting like all of the, the louds are very quirky which is not surprising but i think of all of them uh rita is probably the most stable even though she has her even she has her moments like as far as the parents go, Lynn Senior is just like a 12th kid, but Rita is is kind of 
the the more sane of the two. Like there was a a very funny joke that's kind of a good example of it. Like when they did the whole Sound of Music musical number mm-hmm. where they were all dressed up in the matching suits, and you know the the newspaper editor uh, leaves, and then Lynn Senior comes rushed in and kind of this uh, in the rushes in the house in the same sort of suit, and he's like, "Don't tell me I missed the musical number." And, that that was a good a very good joke and kind of a good example of how he's kind of the sillier one of the parents but i thought this was a very fun uh, episode that you know kind of you know kind of goes with like a it's kind of a conundrum like uh, to give another famous uh, cartoon TV mom, kind of a conundrum like Marge Simpson would have. Like, you know, I am the mother of this family, and, you know, I have a standard to uphold, and is is it really, am I really the perfect parent? And, of course, there is no such thing as the perfect parent, which is what the whole theme of the episode was. But it was uh, just kind of interesting to see, you know, how Rita was, how or Rita was willing to um, take this ruse, basically. And there were a lot of funny moments in the episode that kind of uh, played around like that. Like, I've said before that I think the pets are the most underused characters in the whole Loud House universe, and I like the way they were incorporated here. Like, they were the only ones who, you know, realized Rita's ruse. Like, you know, they they give her a side glance, and she, you know, she's like, I know that bribery is not good parenting, but it's only just this once don't you roll your eyes at me and the scene where uh she's you know has everything prepared uh for the newspaper editor and she's like oh you know i even cooked muffins for you and one of the pets comes in holding a box of store-bought muffins and one of the other pets quickly you know pushes him aside like don't give it away and one of the other funny bits was where uh, everyone was pretending they were related to Flip in order to, <laughs> you know, kind of give an excuse for their rude behavior. But I thought this was a really uh, good episode and a, a, a very funny episode. And it's a very good family dynamic episode, even though Rita is the main focus. But I really like this one a lot. Yeah, I agree. Like, I definitely think this is very a very standard Loud House episode. Like, after not having the Louds back for so long, because we had a bunch of Costa Guardia episodes premiere, and the Louds took a little hiatus, but now they're back. It was nice to get an episode that was mainly just what really a standard Loud House episode, what really the Loud House stands for, which is family and stuff. And I feel like, again, it was just nice and refreshing to get an episode kind of like this, just be like, okay, we're back into the Loud House as a standard Loud House episode. And it was a really funny episode, I agree. Like that, like, you know, Sound of Music parody they did, I absolutely adored because, you know, I'm a huge musical fan. So anytime they do a musical number in a show that I love, I will eat it up, especially because, you know, with really live music, Lincoln did not get to sing. Like, it wasn't actually his voice actor singing they got someone else to voice for him we didn't really get to hear him because it was a duet with Clyde I feel like Clyde over you know, overshadowed him in that so we finally got to hear Tex Heyman as Lincoln finally singing the show and I was so happy like I had to play that part over and over again because I was like finally my favorite character gets to sing in the show and everybody in that song everybody got a part to play like sing like Lori Lori Lenny everybody got to sing like Lori had like sounded really great in that too like everybody sounded wonderful in that song like I was so happy that like each 
Lau got a part to sing in that song because, you know, I felt like, felt like with Rue Live Music, we really didn't get that much at all in terms of a song, you know, with everybody in an ensemble way. So the fact that we got an ensemble song in a Sound of Music parody was so great. Like, I hope they do more of these in the future with, like, songs in episodes. Like, we'll talk about that in the next episode, actually. So it was kind of funny that we got two episodes in two different episodes back to back with that. So again, getting that parody again, and getting that song was so great. Like, I love that with the matching outfits and everything. And again, like, them, like, you know, trying to be perfect kids and then, like, you know, dressing, like, pretending to be, like, Flip's kids and stuff, which I rolled my eyes at because I'm not a huge fan of Flip. So the fact that they had to pretend to be Flip's kids was like, okay, this is funny, but, you know, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, like, like you said, very standard Loud House episode. It was just really nice to get it back again after not having the Loud House for so long. I thought it was a pretty funny episode. Like, again, the Lynn Sr., like, that, that part with him being like, that missed the number? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. Like, yeah, I definitely think it was a good episode. Again, like, the lesson, you know, she had to learn not to, you know, hide the fact that her kids aren't perfect and she's not a perfect mom, but, you know, that she loves her kids anyway, The fa- like, the kids love her and stuff. So I thought, again, it was a very just pretty solid episode of The Loud House just being a standard Loud House episode on its own, you know? I definitely agree. Yeah, so I, I really, I did enjoy that episode. And then the next episode we're going to talk about is a big episode for some various fans of the show. Like a really big and anticipated episode we've all been looking for. I know a certain person, Omid, has been looking for this episode too. I know you're out there, man. Which is Perfect Gig. Luna is hired to watch the McBride's cats when they go out of town, but the job becomes more demanding than she imagined. So I'll go first on this episode because, you know, with this episode, we have a certain ship that comes back in this episode, which is Saluna, Sam and Luna. And uh, I really enjoyed this episode a lot because I was looking forward to the return of Sam in this episode. And I first thought it was going to be an episode about them, but it was focused on Luna where she decided to take a, uh, you know, watch the cats for a day. And you could tell that Luna wasn't really good with animals, which, you know, kind of makes me question, you know, how good she is with their pets, because, you know, they have pets, so I'm like, how is she not this good with animals if she, you know, has pets and stuff, but, you know, that's kind of a, you know, uh, like, question on its own, but with, with this episode, you could tell that Luna really didn't know how to take care of the cats, was kind of messing up and stuff, so she knew who to call, which was Sam, because in Racy Hearts, we learned that Sam is also really good with animals, so Sam comes over, you know, to hang out with Luna and help her take care of the cats and stuff, and we got some really nice and wonderful Saluna fuel for the Saluna fans out there who love this pairing especially like when luna kissed her on the cheek i squeed so hard because i'm like oh my god that's so cute it's like oh they're a couple it's all adorable like it's a great continuation after racy hearts to show that they're still you know dating and they're still girlfriends which is great and i just that was a very wholesome and sweet episode just for the two to get more development of their relationship and how you know eventually when they're older they could probably be great parents and the lullaby they sing together oh that was just beautiful like the fact that we got two songs and two episodes back to back was so great again a luna and sam duet like that's incredible I've, we've been wanting that for so long so to hear them sing because especially because you know the voice actor for sam played isabella on face of firm so she obviously has a great singing voice and to know that they could sing together was really amazing then of course we got the introduction of sam's brother simon in this episode which he was first introduced in the comics like we didn't see him in the comics but he was you know in her description in the comics we heard about Simon. So Simon is canon, so technically the comics 
for most people who have said this, the comics are not canon, the comics are now officially canon. Because if Simon was introduced in the comics and now is in the show, the comics are officially canon now. So for those of you who don't believe the comics are canon, they are now. So, you know. But yeah, but besides all of that, I thought it was a really sweet episode. I know Saluna fans will adore this episode just because of the song of just Sam and Luna being cute together, just raising, taking care of the cats and stuff. So, Ryan, what did you think about Perfect Gig? Uh, this was a really fun episode, too. Uh, one thing I want to point out about Simon, everybody knows this, but um, Simon is voiced by Asher Bishop. Yes. Uh, this was his first uh, role on the show, and he actually mentioned on Instagram, you know, he said uh, something to the effect of, you know, this is the first, ro- the first role I ever did on the show. Little did I know where it was going to take me afterwards, because, of course, he eventually got to become the voice of Lincoln Loud after yes. that. And uh, Simon's voice is kind of very similar to Lincoln's but I think it's a little bit lower pitch so you can kind of tell from the beginning that he has a very natural voice that is close to Lincoln's Uh, so it's kind of interesting I know Tex Hammond did a few uh supporting characters before he ended up voicing Lincoln. So yes. I think it's kind of interesting. He was like the um, he was the one kid in Deal Me Out when Lincoln was talking to him about a savvy. So it's kind of funny how like Lincoln has met his past, present and future selves in the actual show. Like I wonder if we'll see Simon again. If it's Lincoln actually means Simon, it'll just be Astor talking to himself. You know, eventually that'd be kind of funny. It would just be like well, it's just Lincoln meeting his past self and meeting his future self. So I think it's funny that, like, the Lincolns of the show have played other characters in the actual show. I think it's really funny that they've done Yes. I think it's really cool that they get to remain part of the family, which is very nice. But one thing I liked this uh, about this episode was, you know, a lot of people thought that this was, you know, going to be a very shippy episode. But one thing I've always liked about uh, Luna and Sam is that they intentionally make their relationship very subtle. Like, if you go back and watch Racing Hearts, there's a lot of scenes and things that Luna talks about that it could be talking about her and Sam's friendship and her and Sam's relationship and I think that's very intentional because I think you know they're trying to toe the line and and kind of make it subtle you know even uh the editor of the comics uh when he was um teasing the comic Sam's pick you know he said read the dialogue very closely because he I think he was talking about the fact that you know Luna was saying that Sam uh, it was adorable that Sam, uh, Luna, uh, Sam gave Luna her pick, and you know I think it can also be interpreted as they think they make an adorable couple together. I like the fact that they're very subtle with that, which I think is intentional, which which really makes me laugh because um, which makes me laugh that homophobic people uh, still trash the whole thing because they're intentionally being as subtle as possible. But you know some people you can't teach so so be it but uh, i i thought it was very uh it was a very funny episode and i think one of the funniest things was like they took like the most awkward characters and put them all together in one episode like you know clyde is very neurotic and so are his parents and we've seen before that luna and sam can be very awkward together so if you put them all together it just even gets more comically awkward which this it was like um, like at the beginning of the episode, Howard panic, uh, 
uh, you know, Harold panicked for some reason, I forget why, and he fainted, and Harold actually just had to, and I don't use this word very often, but it's the only way to describe it, just had to yeet him into the backseat of the car, <laughs> and, um, and then Sam... Sam, you know, was trying to be as delicate as possible, but then she accidentally locked her brother in the McBride's house. It, it was just a, a comedy of errors, which is what made it entertaining. But as, as you said, it was a very sweet episode as well to see, you know, Sam and Luna working together to uh, fix their problems. And I, I thought it was very sweet at the end, the way that, you know, uh, they each got to split $20, but Sam gave hers to Luna because she knows she wanted to buy the ticket and you know luna kissed her on the cheek that that was very cute it shows that sam and luna really do care for each other and i just think it was it was like the first episode uh we mentioned right or wrong and it was a very nice mix of comedy and sweetness which i think all the best loud house episodes are yeah it was definitely a very sweet episode for them and i know a lot of Selena fans will love this and also the fact that this is the first episode with Clyde, where Lincoln is not there. Like, I think this is very, this is like the very, like, I don't even think there's any episode I've ever seen the show where it's just Clyde and no Lincoln in the episode. Like, I thought that was crazy. And we actually got an episode where we had Clyde and no Lincoln. So you could show that Clyde doesn't need to be with Lincoln in every single episode. He can do an episode on his own with his family. Like, you know, I, I was thinking Lincoln, Lincoln could have made like a cameo where he was like in the background with talking to Clyde or something. But the fact that Clyde and his family got to be in there without Lincoln, I thought was pretty interesting. Interesting. And again, the inclusion of Simon in the show being canon and Sam and Luna being just adorable girlfriends together, I thought it was a really just very, very sweet episode. And the fact we got like an episode where we have, you know, the two, you know, like the lesbian couple and the gay couple of one episode, I think that's a very interesting thing that they did that. So like the two LGBT ships in the shows, so that was pretty, that was a pretty interesting way of doing that in the episode. But yeah, I thought it was a really sweet episode for Sam and Luna. Definitely. All right, and then we'll move on to the Casa Grande episodes for my show. So we had two episodes of the Casa Grande's premiere this week, which were Fast Few and Never Friending Story. Let's talk about Fast Few first, which is uh, Roddy and Sid try to take down the obnoxious burger restaurant that opened up across the street. So Ryan, what did you think of Fast Feud? This was a really funny episode. This this was one of the sillier episodes. I I like the fact the Loud House can do this too, but I like the fact that you know the Casa Grandes can just go off the rails sometimes and do a completely ridiculous episode. But it also you know kind of has a cute. Uh, you know, a cute little moral message or, you know, uh, a dilemma or something like I thought it, one of the things that I thought was most interesting about this episode were was the fact that they mentioned at the beginning of the episode that, you know, Ronnie Ann is still new to the city and she's not used to things like loud noise and bright lights at night. Whereas, you know, Hector, who's been in the city all his life, he just falls asleep on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought it was interesting that they mentioned that because I don't really think they've mentioned on the Casa Grandes up to this point the fact that, you know, Ronnie Ann is still new to the city and these things are unusual for her. And I thought it was amazing um, that uh, it was uh, Sid couldn't stand it either because I don't know how long she's been in the city, but uh, we, we know that uh, she had been living there before she met Ronnie Ann, but Ronnie Ann had already moved there. So I guess she's kind of new too, which is, which is something you don't think about, but 
um, one thing I really liked about this episode was it was uh, uh, it, one of those things where this happened to Lincoln, of course, too. He always jumps to conclusions, but uh, I like the fact they, you know, uh, Ronnie Ann ended up jumping to a ridiculous conclusion that, you know, this uh, burger store is intentionally being obnoxious. And no, it's it's just like it, the problem was that, um, you know, the lights were too bright and a braille ended up fixing it, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the man who was singing the tip song doesn't have an inside voice, which is something I personally can relate to because I have trouble controlling my voice as well. But I thought it was interesting that in order, you know, to ma make the whole thing up, Ronnie Ann was willing, to, you know, to get the investigative journalist to report on her instead. You know, she was the one who was throwing pigeons into the into the restaurant. And there was just a lot of, you know, that was very sweet. But there were also a lot of wacky things going on in the episode as well. I mean, the episode begins with an investigated journalist uh talking about a man in an Easter Bunny suit who's being arrested for selling counterfeit Ninja Turtles ice cream, which is <laughs> which is a situation that's just so funny and ridiculous. You have to wonder how it ended up happening in the first place. But there were a lot of funny things in this episode, like uh, the inclusion of uh, Sergio and the Pigeons. I thought it was funny that they were recur recurring characters here. You know, especially... Um, the unsung hero of the Casa Grande is like, I'm joking, but uh, Sancho, the pigeon with one wing, uh, everybody loves him. Like uh, the guy who does his voice, who is ironically also the voice of Poor, who we'll be talking about in the next episode. And Lisa, the voice director I mentioned uh, before, they have a soft spot for Sancho for some reason. But I just thought it was funny that, you know, at the end of the episode, they made everything bright by having the pigeons actually delivering the um hamburgers it was just a very silly episode but again i like the fact that they also touched on the fact that you know ronnie ann is still new to the city and she can't really handle things like this and i also like the fact that she was willing to make a big sacrifice and basically make herself look like a fool in order to make things right which reminds me of what uh lincoln did in uh the loud house episode uh making the case you know he made a fool out of his sister so he decided to make himself an even bigger fool in order to make up for it like ronnie ann both lincoln and ronnie ann aren't afraid to point out that they're foolish and jump to conclusions so to make things right they make themselves even bigger fools in the process so i kind of like you know that way of problem solving like i realized i did something stupid and this is the only way to fix it even if it makes me look bad yeah, so I have a lot of thoughts on this episode, as you pointed out to that. So, with this episode, the first thing I want to say is there was definitely a lot of comparisons in this episode to the, the Good Burger movie. You know, when I first heard about this episode, I was like, oh, this definitely reminds me of Good Burger with Mondo Burger and the, you know, competing with those two, you know, burger chains competing with that. And then I first thought, well, the only thing I could think about in terms of a burger restaurant is Burp and Burger, so I thought maybe that was going to move into the city, but they decided to make their own version of a different restaurant, which, you know, kind of reminded me of mondo burger from good burger but the fact that, that that it was just like oh the lights are too bright your singing's too loud it's kind of annoying was like oh well that's where they're going with this episode it's just ronnie and sid are just kind of annoyed by this restaurant and the fact that like you know the owners were super nice i thought that was a kind of interesting twist because i thought maybe the owners were going to be like really mean
mean to the kids and try to kick them out and stuff. But they really were super nice and cared about their their customers and the restaurant and stuff and all the silly you know things they they could do to you know try to stop you know try to close down the restaurant. Like Carl trying to pretend pretend that he got hurt and then like he called over to the lady and she's like, oh, I'm not a health inspector. I'm just filling out an application. Like I thought that was really funny. Or like again with the birds trying you know like you know go inside the restaurant and stuff and you know like like you mentioned with the whole fact of how Ronnie and is still new to the city and not used to lights uh you know I really don't want to disagree with you there because the fact but again something that I have to explain with you know being a Ronnie and fan it's she's been there for a couple of months now and with the timeline of the Casa Grandes she's probably been there longer than she says you know, than you claim she has you know so I'm not I'm surprised why she wouldn't be used to lights I mean you know, I, I know she's still new to the city she's still living there but it seems like she's been there longer than they claim to have her being there so I don't know how long the timeline is in the Casa Grandes because you know every time it seems like they mention how long she's been there it feels like it's only been like a month or year couple months whatever you know when it comes to cartoons continuity and timelines don't really matter with that but you know when you said that it got me thinking like well Roddy has been living there for quite a while why is she not used to the fact that there are bright lights in the city you know like she's probably out there skateboarding at night there's tons of bright lights and stuff but maybe because of the fact that that, that you know the, the burger restaurant was so close to where the building was you know, it's so hard to sleep at night when the, the side is, like, literally right there in front of your face. So, that's a hard way of, like, putting your side right there when you know people are sleeping at night. And the same thing with Sid because, you know, like, we don't know how... I think Sid's been living there, like, less than Ronnie Because, again, like, when Ronnie Ann met Sid and friended, she told Sid that she was living there for a couple of months now. And Sid has just recently moved to the city. She, she, hasn't, she didn't live in the city. She moved to the city. So, she was probably living somewhere else at the time. So I, I'm more of the, I believe that Sid would be not used to the lights versus Ronnie in, but that's a whole discussion on its own. But back to the episode itself. Um, yeah, like I, I thought it was a decent episode, like not really amazing on its own, not really like, not really a strong episode. I feel like it's just more of like an okay-ish sort of in the middle episode where it was fun. You know, it was a typical like fun Sid Ani episode with Ronnie and Sid trying to, you know, shut the restaurant down. But I do agree with like, you know, she took charge. She took uh, responsibility for her actions. You know, she and Sid confessed that they, you know, like had to take responsibility and say that we were the ones that messed up the restaurant and confessed to the news reporter that they were, you know, like they were messing up everything and had to to serve the consequences of that like I like that but overall I just felt it was a very underwhelming episode but it was really what I expected from it I was like eh, it's decent not amazing just in the middle of being a pretty just decent episode you know I gotcha yeah, so I just, I, I, I did enjoy it, but I thought it was a pretty decent one. And then the final episode we're going to talk about today is Never Friending Story. After picking Parr as his new best friend, Bobby realizes he may be in over his head. So I have a lot of thoughts on this episode, too. I don't know if it's positive or negative. It's probably in the middle, too. Um, I know Loud Casa Talks, they talked about this episode, and both of them really did enjoy it. I'm in the minority. I felt this episode was a little too rushed. I felt like the relationship between Bobby and Parr was way too rushed in the fact of that, you know, the episode's only 11 minutes. So the fact that they got together super fast and the episode went by too fast with all the, you know, like Parr is like, he really loves doing extreme stuff and he loves like, you know, doing thrills 
Bills and he had Bobby do all this crazy stuff with him. But then at the end of the episode, Bobby just tells him that, you know, I don't want to do all this stuff anymore. And Parker's like, okay, we can still be friends and stuff. Then the episode ended and I'm like, that's it? That's that's the whole episode? Like, I felt like it just went by way too fast. And the fact of just like, you know, I did, I had a hard time believing that Bobby didn't have any friends in the city because, you know, with him working at the Mercado, I feel like he's always very social, especially with the people who come into the Mercado, which are generally most of the people that live in the city, like, not, like, will live in the city, but also generally the people who live in the apartment building. They're all very close. Like, it seems like he's very social with people, but, you know, I feel like, I guess they wanted to say, well, you gotta stop working in the Mercado, you gotta just, like, get out there and, and meet, make friends and stuff, but I, you know, it kind of made me question some things, especially like, you know, where, you know, Bobby said he didn't have any friends, but it's like, and then they did, they did mention Lori, but I'm like, wait, is Lori, you don't consider Lori your best friend? She's just your girlfriend, which to me is like, well, I always thought when you're in a relationship, you are dating, you are dating your former best friend and stuff, but the fact that she's just your girlfriend means that you're, they're, they're not your best friend, but finding a best friend the city, like Sid, like, uh, not Sid, like, like Roddy with Sid, is where they're like, oh, we need to find your Sid, so we're gonna pair you up with Parr, because they had a lot of things in common, which was a weird coincidence, because, like, okay, so he has a, he has a girlfriend named Dory, and they both use the same hair products, so it's like, oh, they have so much in common, but now Parr all of a sudden loves extreme stuff, and gets Bobby to do that and I don't know like there was a lot of conflicting I have a lot of conflicting feelings on this episode mostly nitpicks with it with the fact of that it went by too fast the relationship between Bobby and Parv was a little too you know like a little too fast like it did it did kind of remind me of Ronnie and Sid where they became friends way too quick in that that time span but again friended versus this episode friended was 22 minutes so we could see more of their friendship explored versus this one where it was like okay Bobby doesn't want to do the things that Par does, but then he says he doesn't, and now they're they're friends again. But hopefully, we we will get more episodes with Bobby and Par as friends. We'll see their their friendship grow in that way. It like like they said on Loud Casa Talks, it really does remind me of a one sided racing hearts in that way. But what do you think of Never a Friending Story? I have to agree with you that of the four episodes we talked about, this was probably the weakest of the bunch, but I still enjoyed parts of it. I think the first half where, you know, Bobby was trying to make friends and failing was stronger than the second half with the whole par thing, but there were things I liked about the episode, but... I, I think it's kind of interesting what you said about whether or not Lori can be considered Bobby's friend. I, I think it, they are very close as both friends and boyfriend and girlfriend, but I, I think it's it's difficult because as they said, you mentioned and they mentioned in this episode, she isn't there all the time like Sid is for Ronnie Ann, but um, it's, it's a whole discussion we could have another day, but, um, uh, one interesting thing, I, this episode reminded me a lot of the, uh, Loud House episode Antiqued Off, which was, you know, kind of like, you know, commenting about the fact that even if you have a lot of things in common with a friend, uh, even if you have varying, uh, differences, you shouldn't force them on other people, uh, to, and which is something that could potentially break the relationship you have to you you know you have to be willing to accept that you 
if you're friends with someone, you are not always going to enjoy what they like. Um, I think Antique Off did that lesson kind of a little better. And there have been yeah. other pieces of media, such as the movie Ralph's Breaks the Internet. That was a very good example of an entire story based around that theme. But there were things I liked about this episode, but there were also things I didn't. Um, I, I liked the gags with Carr and the extreme sports, which was very funny. But as you said, it, it did keep feel kind of rushed in a way but there were things I liked about uh, this episode um, one little interesting thing I thought one kind of in joke or like a shout out that I thought was pretty cool well there was one I wanted to mention back when we were talking about right and wrong um, because you were talking about David King and his style if you look in uh, right and wrong when uh, Reed is looking at the want ads for the newspaper columnist you can actually see a want ad for some sort of thing I forget what it was but it's uh, self caricature of David King and his very distinctive wiry style, which I thought was pretty cool. But one thing I noticed uh, in this episode, never friending story, that I, I don't think anyone else had noticed is uh, if you look very closely uh, in the scene where um, uh, Bobby and Ronnie Ann are walking down the street uh, before uh, he walks to the bus stop and Maybelle keeps hitting him with her purse. Yeah. Um, if you look in the background, there are like these, these little figures. They almost look like peanuts characters and uh they're actually caricatures of some of the staff members uh there are two uh people in the window uh one of them is wearing a blue uh dodgers cap uh that's uh the art director miguel gonzalez he's always drawn with one and next to him in the other window is miguel puga and he's wearing a shirt that says zoe which is the name of his daughter and there are also i think a boy and a girl playing marbles i'm guessing that they're caricatures of the staff members as well but i don't know who they're supposed to be but i just thought that was a pretty cool little shout out in the background of one's Oh, yeah, that, I didn't notice that. That's really neat. I love when the crew members just put, like, themselves in episodes or just little shout-outs to the crew in the background. Like, the, I'm going to talk, be talking about that when I talk about the UK episode because there is an episode where uh, you do actually see Miguel Puka's version of the Loud, of his Loudhouse version in one of the episodes again. So I'll definitely be talking about that. I, I love when they do put themselves in there as a little, like, in-jokes, you know? Definitely. Me too. Yeah, so I felt this episode was, again, like you said, the weakest of the bunch. I was really looking forward to it. Like, I was really excited at the idea of Bobby getting a best friend like Ronnie and with Sid. Which I loved, I loved the part with Sid where she was like, I came down for sugar but got something much sweeter. I was like, oh, that's so wholesome. Like, that's so cute. Like, to see, and then like Sid's like, I can't wait to meet, meet the new me. <laughs> you know, so I, I hope we get to see more future episodes with Bobby and Parr. Because, again, like this episode was great established their friendship but I hope we get to see an episode again with these two where it's a, it's a little more slowed down the pacing is much better and maybe you know when Lori eventually does come to the city like for a visit or when she moves she can meet Par and all of them can have like a you know, like a three-way friendship kind of like a Lincoln Roddy and Sid kind of thing so hopefully we get to see more Bobby and Par together definitely so yeah, those were all the new episodes of The Loud House and The Casa Grande that premiered in the U.S. So like I said, I'll be doing a solo show next week talking about the U.K. releases. Of course, I'll post those as spoilers, so if you are waiting for the new episodes to premiere in the U.S. during May, I will post it as spoilers so you can watch it, like, or you can listen to it whenever you want. So so again, Ryan, thank you so much for coming back again, back, back on my show again. I really loved having you back on. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's always a delight, and hopefully we can do it again sometime in the future. So do you have any social media you want to plug on my show? Yes, I am found anywhere and everywhere, but the places uh, you can most frequently find me are on my Twitter account, where I talk about animation and entertainment updates, and also tell dumb jokes and basically do whatever is on my mind. That is at RWMead. I also have an Instagram account where I uh, do more of the same and also post the drawings that I occasionally do. That is at Ryan W. Mead. And I also have a side account devoted directly uh, on Twitter, devoted directly to uh, the Loud House in the Casa Grandes. It's a combination of show news and updates and occasional role play slash jokes in character as the Louds in the Casa Grandes, and that is out at Loud Ramblings. If you want, you can drop a comment there, a, like a joke or a comment or a question for one of the characters from the Loud House or the Casa Grandes, and you'll probably get a comical answer. Sweet, and I'll make sure to post all of your social media into the show notes. And as for me, if you have any questions for the, about the podcast or want to discuss the podcast with me, you can contact me over at Sunny Clips on Twitter or at the podcast Twitter, Casa Grande Chats. And we'll see you all next time on Casa Grande Chats. Mm-hmm.